Now, more than ever, it's important to show support for your team and your community. Visa and the National Football League know that local businesses help your community move the ball down the field. Small businesses everywhere are overcoming challenges in these new times thanks to teammates like you and Visa, because when everyone pitches in, everyone benefits. Being loyal to local businesses ignites growth and supports all of us and our communities because they know that where you shop matters, Visa urges you to support local retailers who are making shopping safe and reliable. And remember, tap to pay with a contactless Visa wherever you see the contactless symbol to help support your community. Visa, official partner of the NFL. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the post-game edition of the Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Piscalia. With me, my co-host, Matthew Fairburn. And the Buffalo Bills are now 2-0 on the 2020 season. And we saw something from Josh Allen last week that we had never seen him do before in Buffalo, and that was to throw for 300 yards in a single game. And what does he do? He goes and one-ups it by uh, throwing for 417 yards, four touchdowns, doesn't turn the ball over as the offense completely and utterly picks up for a defense that was uh, vanquished of some of their talent, specifically in the middle. And Josh Allen leads the team to a victory for the second straight week. So the Bills, 2-0. and Heading into a showdown with the 2-0 LA Rams in week three. But boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to get to Matthew Fairburn. And uh, first and foremost, obviously, I'm I'm, ass- I'm going to assume that this is basically going to be the Josh Allen podcast. But I think the, the uh, before we get into the big picture of it, what impressed you the most from what Allen was able to do? against the Dolphins, and I think we also have to throw out the caveat that it was the Dolphins, but still impressive nonetheless because of uh, how, just how much he uh, he lit them up today. Yeah, he torched them completely. Um, absolutely shredded that defense, and for a second, let's remove the numbers, right? 400 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. That is, you know, exactly what you're looking for. Uh, from uh, It makes everybody happy from a number standpoint. You can't really poke holes in that. Remove that from the conversation for a minute. And to me, it was the types of throws that he was making. The mm-hmm. amount of, and, you know, usually it takes a a few hours or you know the next morning after the game for all of these um stats to be calculated the air yards per attempt and and different things like that for them to get the all those numbers right but three completions of 40 yards or more um eight or nine completions of 20 yards or more there was a dispute in the two stat books i was looking at um either way what he didn't have more than six in a game last year of completions of 20 yards or more. And these weren't dump offs that turned into big gains. These were pushing the ball downfield, crossing routes, uh, deep vertical routes. He was just on the money. He was in a rhythm all day long. He was not afraid um, at any moment. Um, You know, there was a time where I thought, and you know, 
this is a small piece of it, but I thought, man, it, he seems to be benefiting from the fact that there's nobody in the stands because he's playing like he's just throwing the ball in the backyard. Um, mm-hmm. He was so loose and um, accurate and really just, you know, wasn't afraid, I think was the big thing. He wasn't overly anxious. He wasn't uh, overly excited where we've seen him get too jacked up in these moments and overthrow guys and, and different things like that. He was just in rhythm and in tune basically throughout the day. He had his moments, right? Um, but the moments weren't as glaring as they normally are. You know, he had a, a near interception batted down uh, by Kyle Van Noy. He had a uh, an almost pick uh, on that deep pass at the end of the game. But these were normal uh, miscues. These weren't like, holy cow, what are you doing, miscues? Those were just Mm -hmm. um, not great throws. But he had so many great throws, uh, and it was the number of great throws. It wasn't that week one was unimpressive. It's just funny to think about how people were talking about week one and imagine how they'll talk about this. Because last week, uh, some of the talk after that game, you would have thought, Josh Allen reinvented the quarterback position. That was right. a lot of short throws, a lot of, you know, uh, the receivers, you know, creating after the catch and things like that. This was a lot of passes down the field. Uh, this was Josh Allen carrying the offense and carrying the team kind of, you know, I don't want to say for the first time, but from a wire to wire standpoint, yeah, it was the first time. He's done it in different parts of games, right, with his legs or whatever else. From wire to wire, this is the first time that he's done it where he's carried the team. And um, obviously his best game as a pro, um, it was impressive. It was He was fun to watch. Um, you know, when he's playing like that and when this offense is spreading the ball out the way that it was, that is a, a much different offense than we're used to seeing, one that Bills fans haven't seen in 20 years frankly yeah and you brought up his legs I think one of the most impressive parts about this performance was that he didn't have to use his legs I mean he had two rushers rushes for 20 yards before he had the two kneel downs at the end of the game to give him four for 18 but I mean this is this was an all-out passing attack by Josh Allen and and I'm glad you brought up the the depth of target because that was an important facet to his day. You know, last week when they took on the New York Jets, it was a lot of the take what the defense is giving because the Jets in uh, which they they play defensively much differently than what Miami does. The Jets even though they have these pretty horrific group of cornerbacks, uh, they played mostly cover 2. And so a lot of it was just finding the soft spots and they didn't want to get beat deep. And so it was just a lot of settling for these intermediate throws, these more timing throws than anything. And to Allen's credit, he did it at a high clip, had a great um, accurate performance against the Jets, and they moved the ball consistently. Should they have scored more points? Definitely. But they probably would have had he not fumbled the ball twice. Um, But still, he has to be hit for that this week going up against Miami who plays man-to-man coverage a ton because Flores is a New England disciple and New England plays a ton of man-to-man coverage and what the Bills worked on all week clearly worked the deep crossers over the middle of the field 
and how Allen was hitting those throws, that has become a go-to for him. I mean, I remember, I I don't know exactly what game it was. Maybe it was Miami of last year where uh, Josh Allen hit a crossing route uh, to Duke Williams, and it was just this perfect little in-the-bucket throw. And because it was Duke Williams, he didn't have all that much separation from from the cornerback. But he did it in one of the rare times that the Jets were in man-to-man last week. I believe it was to Diggs. It was just this drop in the bucket right near the sideline. And it's like, whoa, that's that's uh, he's starting to make this be in his wheelhouse. And then we saw it all day today to Cole Beasley, to Diggs, to Brown. All of these different elements to his game where it's like, Wow, this this guy has added touch to his arsenal. And if he's adding touch in addition to having the arm strength to tee it up and do what he wants, and then to hit those two deep passes, one to Diggs for the 47-yarder, and then Brown with the 46-yard. I mean, this is this is without question his best performance that he's ever had, and it blows the the second best completely out of the water and I remember how how um you know encouraging it was to see what he did in Dallas last year but this this is just on another stratosphere now you will say Dallas a better team than what Miami brought to the table however I will say Miami does have talent it's not as though they're void like they were last year this is going to be a team that is prop I would wager that are probably going to end up in the seven eight maybe even nine win range this year that that's a that's a talented team that are that's probably a bit removed because of their quarterback and what exactly and he's inevitably going to cost them games but this this is a team that can that can get after it and that plays everybody tough we saw how they did against the bills last year but just the way that that allen just diced them up and i'll tell you what the the thing that really set this um performance apart for me was right after the bills went down 20 to 17 and the immediate answer from allen that 47 yard bomb to Stefan Diggs, which was like the coming of age moment because it's like we've been talking about his deep pass for for basically a year and a half, and he hits it in one of the most clutch spots possible as soon as the Bills go down. First play comes out, bam, there it is. The next two plays, I believe there was a penalty on Mitch Morse, and then uh, Allen had to take a sack because there was there was nobody open loses four yards so it's second and 24 next play boom cross to Cole Beasley first down and then uh and then they're unable to do anything and after being down first and goal uh, from the eight yard line they get two yards third and six um sidesteps a, a pressure and breaks a tackle from a from a beat out wide and in the process he switched the ball to his front hand so that way he could properly dish aside the the broken tackle and then changes the angle and gives his receiver a chance to make the play and Gabriel Davis made an amazing play to give them the lead like these are all just, just like check 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 this is an amazing performance from from him and uh, now it has Bills fans thinking okay do they have something here uh, I think that's understating it. Um, yeah. 
I think Bills fans are beyond wondering that at this point. <laughs> um, I sure. have not um, fully gauged um, the temperature of the air in Bills land, but I am guessing that the general hypothesis is that they have something. Uh, now, this is that's a, a nice transition into the bigger picture, right? Yeah, this is a... Um, often a big picture show. Um, so, uh, a few things I, I will say, um, one, I would recommend that, uh, and this is simply a recommendation. Um, each person is different and can do whatever the hell they want. I would recommend people absolutely revel in this, enjoy it. Like a quarterback threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. That does not happen often in Buffalo. In fact, it's never happened where a quarterback has thrown 400 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. Like, that is um, not something that happens a lot. So soak it in for sure. Spend the next few days soaking it in and don't pay attention to whoever has a gif or something poking a hole in it. Um, I think you're, I think you're beyond that at this point, right? Like you, you don't need to, that was the thing last week, Monday and Tuesday is it was a, um, you know, not, not enough for Josh Allen to have had a good game. You had to get the approval of random people on Twitter pointing out his overthrows, flush it, like just revel in it, uh, that's number one. Number two is this is now becoming a much different conversation about Josh Allen. And I think that's what becomes super interesting about the game, not just the game he had, but the two games he's had. Um, the stat that pro football reference throughout that through two weeks, um, he's what the fourth quarterback who has over 700 yards, six touchdowns and no interceptions. That's ridiculous. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Pat Mahomes. Pretty crazy, right? That's crazy company to be in. Um, does it mean he's Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Patrick Mahomes? No, but it could, you know? I mean, that not many guys have done that. He's one of four. Um, so that's really cool. That's really, really good uh, on his part. And now you, you get to a point where it's like, okay, uh, it's kind of like the conversation we had on Friday. Um, you don't really need to sit there and say, like, is this guy good or is he not? Like, that's all sort of going to play out. Like, clearly he's he's now, now you can sit there and say he's capable of a game like that. 400 yards, four touchdowns, and the manner in which he did it, which was bonkers. So, like, when he's on, he can do that. When he's against a team that's a good matchup and you know everything's clicking for these you know bills playmakers he can go out and he can do that now you get to learn how often can he do that right mm -hmm. like like who else can he do it against um and this is not i don't want people thinking i'm saying like oh let's see him do it against somebody else no like it's great that he did it against anybody 400 yards and four touchdowns is a day but you know, franchise quarterbacks do it for more than two weeks. Uh, franchise quarterbacks do it against big-time teams. Now you get to see, you know, 
there's tiers to the whole franchise quarterback thing, right? There's yeah, absolutely. There's, there's different levels to it. Um, lots of guys have thrown for 400 yards and four touchdowns and not been that great. Something that was kind of spooky when I was writing the column I was writing tonight was Ryan Fitzpatrick on opening day two years ago threw for the 417 yards on the nose, four touchdowns and no interceptions and a win over the Saints. <laughs> it was kind of weird. It was like um, because uh, you know I. I was making the point of, you know, there's a lot of comparisons from, uh, you know, guys that know both of them, um, their personalities and everything about them, kind of the way they play, fearless, different things like that. Josh Allen has more talent. He has the talent that Fitzpatrick wished he had with some of the throws and plays he tried to make during his career um, and still tries to make. Fitz had a pretty good game today. Um, But... So this this type of thing happens, right? You know, where guys throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. It doesn't happen that much, but it happens. Certainly doesn't happen in Buffalo very much. So, you know, how often does he do it? Who else does he do it against? Um, what does he look like? And, you know, how do the Bills game plan against better teams? Or are they going to get into shootouts with teams? You know, like the Rams mm-hmm. come to town next week. Is this going to be like a... Of what we just saw the Seahawks and Patriots do, you know, like a 35, um, you know, 31 game or whatever that was. Now you're, you, you get, I think the biggest thing that we've seen these first two weeks is that this is the team the Bills want to be. Uh, if anything, I thought this week they would maybe run the ball more or, you know, with the good corners the, the Dolphins had. And I know Byron Jones went down early and stuff. Um, they had some injuries, some young guys in there, and the Bills took advantage. But you, you almost thought like, oh, they'll they'll be able to run the ball against this team, or you know they'll uh, do some different things than they did last week. But they're dictating to the lousy teams. Uh, they're saying, no, this is what we do. We throw the ball around the yard, and the fact that they're they feel that way about Josh Allen and are scheming that way and calling plays that way. I think we'll make this a really exciting Bills team to watch and a a team that will be competitive against good teams because they now have the offense to keep up. They don't just have the offense like last year where they can score in spurts and, you know, maybe close a gap from time to time or make up for like a quarter lull uh, from the defense. They have an offense that should be able to keep up against good teams. And it makes the the upcoming matchups a lot more interesting uh, than, you know, if things had gone differently in the first two weeks. This is about as well as things could have gone other than, you know, certainly the defense didn't play well today. Um, They had some injuries that they were fighting through. Uh, You'd like to beat the Dolphins by more than three, and you'd like to beat the Jets by more than 10, but both of those scores weren't really as close as the game was at times. But they now have an offense to play in the NFL in 2020. And it's been a long time coming. Yeah, no doubt. And um, yeah, Miami wound up with that sneaky backdoor cover, which is a staple of Ryan Fitzpatrick, by the way. Um, he he loves himself some garbage time. But yes, this is this is an offense that has taken a legitimate step forward. And the... I don't I don't really think just because Miami is 0 and 2. I don't really believe that you should sit there and try and 
uh, talk yourself out of this being any less impressive than it was. I mean, Miami has talent. There's, it, they might not have been able to put it all together because of a shortened offseason, but they went out and spent a lot of money in free agency. They went out, uh, especially on defense, uh, they had a ton of draft picks. And they're, like I said, they're probably going to be pretty good. But this is now an offense that should be able to go toe-to-toe. And when you combine that potentially with a defense once they get healthy, that being Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, it makes you start to have a bit of a different conversation than just what Brandon Bean laid out ahead of the season about winning the AFC East. I mean, that is a goal that they need to accomplish. They also need to win their first playoff game uh, since 1995. These are things that they must do to take the next step. But when you have an offense feeling it like that, quite literally anything is possible. And when you combine that with a defense that is more often than not holding teams to under 20 points, that is a scary combination. So yes, this this uh, this is a, a big day for Bills fans. And as you said, soak it in. Because now it's the conversation about what degree uh, of a hit is Josh Allen? And unless he completely just goes to the wayside and, and does the things he used to do in his first season or in his uh, or early on, I think the first month of the season last year, unless he starts regressing in all of those different ways, then I think the Bills are at a spot where they're like, okay, we 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 have him. He's he's the guy. He has taken that step. And now it's finding the consistency and he doesn't have to be on all the time. Like, here's an example. Look at that Chiefs Chargers game if you guys all watch that. Mahomes had I think 150 passing yards heading into the fourth quarter and maybe even deep in the he ends up with 300 yards. They end up winning the game, coming back to win. That's that's just the anything is possible sort of mentality when you have a quarterback that can actually do it and 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 be able to move the ball through the air. I don't believe it's it's any it's it's no longer a question as to who is the the running mate to Lamar Jackson as as who is the 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 other potential quarterback that can hit. I think he has, I mean, he's certainly gone well past Sam Darnold. I even think he's lapped Baker because Baker keeps doing this weird one read, escape the pocket sort of thing. He's not really progressing. He had a better game against Cincinnati, but I mean, it's just just kind of a weird progression for him, progression versus regression. And with Allen, it's just been a steady flow up. And when you see all of the ways that he has improved. For those that are trying to still claim that this guy is just this inaccurate dude and doesn't really, uh, he's he's never going to get you any wins. He's never going to put a team on his back. Well, he did that the, the first two weeks of the season. And if you disregard his signs of progress in short and intermediate accuracy, uh, screens, touch throws, 
deep accuracy as of today. <laughs> so we'll have to see if it, he can continue to to do to do those things. Um, turning himself into uh, transforming himself from being a reckless gunslinger to uh, to finding that sweet spot between risk and reward, and he's gonna. He's going to throw some interceptions, but he likes to take those chances. He's found that sort of sweet spot. Um, then you have the rushing ability, his ability to or to read a defense and to go through all his progressions, um, not bailing out of the pocket too prematurely, getting the ball out in a, in a quick enough manner. All of these things he has improved upon since he has gotten to Buffalo. And the job that Brian Dable has done with the guy, I mean – if he keeps this up, Dable's going to be head coach next year, no doubt about it. But I know Bills fans don't want to think about that. But the job he has done with Josh Allen to get him to this point from where he was when he first started and when he first entered the game against the Ravens, man, night and day. Yeah, it's it's been a, a really impressive developmental job. Um, you know, and... I think there's a tendency to over exaggerate, you know, just how raw the guy was coming yeah, into the true. league. Uh, I, I think, you know, some people act like he had never picked up a football before and they molded him, you know, from this big piece of quarterback clay into what he is. Um, certainly, you know, going to Wyoming, um, you know, you're going to deal with, you know, different things than, um, you know, if you're at an SEC school or, or things like that. But I mean, look at Carson Wentz coming from North Dakota State, got the same coaching, which is really good coaching. Um, and um, so I, I think there's a, a little bit of an exaggeration of where he started from, but there's no doubt that he was not, uh, you know, Peyton Manning or, you know, one of these polished quarterbacks. Uh, he had a lot of things wrong with him mechanically. He had a lot of bad habits, um, certainly was not accurate. And I think he had developed a lot of bad habits from playing on a bad team and, you know, not having anybody around him and trying to do everything himself. And you saw it in his first two years. He still tried to do that all the time. And he didn't like, you know, today you mentioned, you know, he didn't really run much and he didn't mm -hmm. need to um, because he he was he had that same killer instinct and uh, put the team on my back mentality that he always has with his legs. He finally had it with his arm. Um, it's a, a lot, a lot of times last year and even in the Jets game, it seemed like, all right, let's take what the defense gives me, but, you know, and, and kind of, they scared some of that out of him, you know, when they didn't want him throwing as many interceptions as he was early last year mm -hmm. today, it was like, you know, it was back and it was working. Um, it was, you know, cause he's got better pieces around him and guys were open and, Brian Dable, to your point, is certainly um, scheming up, uh, you know, a great plan two weeks in a row, a different plan each week, um, but one that has worked um, both times. He will certainly be in, you know, conversations if this continues. But it kind of goes back to what I said, where it, that's where it becomes a different conversation about Josh Allen, right? It's no longer a like, oh, is he better than Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield? Where does he mm -hmm. stand in the 2018 class? And it's more of a, you know, I, I think there are progressions to this, right? You don't say, oh, he threw for 404 touchdowns, like time to start mentioning him with Mahomes. Uh, well, you know, 
there's there's progressions and like you look at guys like Stafford, uh, Jay Cutler over the years, right? I'm thinking of strong-armed quarterbacks who were able to put up numbers in bunches. Um, even Jameis Winston, uh, obviously, you know, a guy that threw a ton of interceptions, but guys that, you know, they they got a longer leash to develop because they showed that they could do things like this at least occasionally. Um, that's the thing is even if this doesn't continue into some torrid two-month, you know, bananas mm-hmm. pace where he goes and throws for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns and wins the MVP, having these games occasionally buys you more time to develop into something even better, right? Like something mm-hmm. where you can talk about them uh, in the, the top tier of quarterbacks uh, in the AFC uh, or in the league. He's not there yet. He's not there after two games. And, you know, the term franchise quarterback is so ambiguous and even comparing him to like Jim Kelly is ridiculous because it, that was so damn long ago. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, the, the conversation around the position has changed so much and the term franchise quarterback is just, a, it's hard to define. Uh, clearly he is their franchise quarterback because he's not going anywhere. Um, you know, that much is for sure. He'll get another contract. Uh, I feel, you know, pretty confident in that. I think he'll get his fifth year option. We've thought that for a while. Um, but so the question becomes, you know, how often does he have these games and, and what, what does the conversation look like? Right. How consistently does he do it? And, you know, it's, it's kind of a cool thing, like, you know, to ha- be in that conversation, right? Like the Matthew Stafford conversation or the, you know, mm-hmm. the Jay Cutler conversation, like I said, the Donovan McNabb conversation, these, these ones were like, yeah, this guy's a really good quarterback. Like, and then how good is he or is he getting it done at the right time of year sometimes that's when you know if a guy is in that top tier those guys get it done in january so so much still to learn about josh allen but seeing something that we haven't seen changes the conversation raises the bar and raises the bar for this team Uh, i'm sure there's people Mm -hmm. that went to bed tonight or are waking up and listening to this and, you know, thinking about what this Bills team can do because they finally have an offense that can do that. They have a quarterback that can do that. Um, I looked it up because the Bills sent out a stat that uh, thir- that Josh Allen was the first quarterback to throw for 400 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions in a game, um, which is kind of crazy. Uh, s- speaks to the uh, lackluster quarterback play in the 2000s um but also speaks to that's what i wanted to know is like okay he's the first bills quarterback to do it how rare is it it's happened Mm -hmm. 34 times before josh allen that's not that many (laughs) like no it's not um and i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that all the guys that did it are like the best quarterbacks of all time there's some funny names on here but there's also some really good there's hall of famers all over this um Jared Goff has done it twice, which is kind of crazy. Matt Castle's done it. Mark Bulger's done it. (laughs) Nick Foles once threw for 400 yards, (laughs) seven touchdowns, and no interceptions in a game, which is uh, crazy. My favorite name on this list by far, because I remember this game for some reason, is Billy Volek, threw for 426 and four touchdowns. 
Uh, but then, I know why you remember it. You've told me this story like at least three times about the fantasy football championship. I did have him uh, on on uh, on some fantasy teams. Um, one of <laughs> one of the great late season pickups. But you've also got uh, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> Andrew Luck, um, Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, Dak Prescott. Uh, you know, really good quarterbacks. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not a an easy thing that he did, regardless of the defense. And now it's about, you know, keeping the sustaining it, essentially. You know, like not sustaining four hundred yards and four touchdowns every week, but sustaining those types of throws and the threat to do that uh, on a weekly basis. Because it'll frankly change mm-hmm. how teams defend them. It will change. Oh, absolutely. It'll change what you think about the Bills' chances when they go down, um, when the defense doesn't have their fastball on a particular day, it changes a lot. And, um, yeah, it makes it certainly makes this season interesting. There's going to be a lot of people paying attention to this team after what Josh Allen did. And all of a sudden that, you know, next week, Rams, Bills looks – That's going to be awesome. Pretty interesting, right? Chiefs, Bills yeah. – uh, in in orchard park looks pretty interesting so uh, yeah it was uh it was a hell of a day for him yeah no doubt uh we're gonna get back into the the josh allen talk in just a moment but first a message from our sponsors now a lot of you out there of course were in the throes of the football season now going into the third week of action and if you have been always kind of curious about cutting the cord or maybe you have done it already and you still want to get in all of your live sports action fubo.tv is a great great service to go about that and there's a lot of different reasons to get in on fubo.tv first and foremost you would get 15% off your first month by signing up right now but in addition to all that here's the good stuff that you get for the Family plan, if you were to do that, you can have three people that can watch at once. Or you can go with the standard base plan that you can watch two screens at once. You get 30 hours of DVR, get your local broadcasts, NBC Sports included on the national feed so you can get your Sunday night games. And, of course, those that want to cut the cord, you're conscientious about money. It's tough times for a lot of people. But if you want to save... $50 a month is more affordable than other cable providers. So with the NFL season here, Fubo.tv will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as your local broadcast news. So go to FuboTV.com slash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You will not regret it. That's FuboTV.com slash athletic. Start your first month today. All right, let's get back to the Josh Allen discussion. So I think we've kind of hit the the big picture of how to how do you uh, interpret Josh Allen's day, day in the scope of what they've done or so far in the season, maybe not getting too far ahead of yourself versus uh being okay with saying, okay, this is this is rare what this guy just did and especially for a young quarterback to do that. All signs are very promising. So let's, we've done that. So let's talk about the bigger picture, which is having a Josh Allen capable of doing that. 
and capable of doing what he did against the Jets as well, picking apart his own defense for 300 yards and now throwing for over 700 yards <laughs> without an interception to start his season in the first two weeks, which is ridiculous. Um, now is a conversation that I think a lot of Bills fans are kind of wrestling with right now because Bills fans are hardened. They're a hardened bunch. I mean, they have seen so many promising starts, specifically in the last 10 years. They've seen so many promising starts just unravel. And I think there's a an overall um, hesitation to get so heavily invested in thinking big because it's burned them so spectacularly in the past. But there is a legitimate difference between what happened with Trent Edwards way back when, what happened with Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Bills and the the plucky Bills in the 2011 season. There's a very large difference in the fact that those were not teams that were so well-crafted and and they lacked talent in a lot of areas, if we're being quite honest. And it's not as though the quarterback play was overwhelming, specifically with, with Trent Edwards here. Trent Edwards was very... Um, he he was in tune with the offense. He made right the right decisions. But did he really push the ball as much as... Josh Allen did in this game. No, he didn't. So I think the conversation we have to have now is maybe trying to find the sweet spot of what Josh Allen has done in his own passing career. Finding that sweet spot between um, being reckless and still being willing to take risks. I think that's kind of where Bills fans have to find themselves because would it be reckless for Bills fans to go, oh, they're a threat to win the Super Bowl right now because of two performances. Probably right now. I mean, we'd, we'd need to see a little bit more. But... It's kind of the fun of being a fan, though. So like, yes. if somebody's waking up on Monday and, you know, well, it's funny. Tim and I were at the sports book today. I did not see anybody go make a Bill's Super Bowl bet after this one. But if somebody wants to wake up and drive to the window and say, Give me put it all on the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't advise it, but it's right. kind of part of if they're if you're walking around, uh, you know, proud and thinking, you know what, this team could win the Super Bowl. Dream big. Not, yeah, but I, that's part of it. But yes, two games. Um, keep it in perspective. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm perspective just I'm just wondering. Always good. always good. I'm just I'm just wondering what the sweet spot is here because it's it's very okay for Bills fans to go holy crap, this might be the best team, the the best put-together team that they've had in a long freaking time. I mean, that's that's perfectly fine. And to now try and think of what could be, I mean, I, I, I pointed out near the beginning of the podcast, Brandon Bean, when he said, we need to win the AFC East, we uh, that that needs to happen hasn't happened here since 1995 all these different things i almost feel like that expectation based on what we've seen in the first two weeks without getting too far ahead of yourself this is the sweet spot i'm talking about is a little light because if this team 
is healthy in terms of having Josh Allen, having Stefan Diggs, and having a majority of their defense available to them, this is a team that should do some things in the playoffs. Am I am I crazy to think that after two games? I mean, it, they've they've kind of put together some all around um, all around performances here, and I think if Edmonds and Milano were in the game today against Miami, I'm not sure that game's close because they make up for so much in the middle of the field from a coverage perspective. And the Dolphins just picked on them over the middle time and time and time again. Levi Wallace would still be on the field, but, you know, that's another question for another day. But I guess it's that sweet spot of trying to figure out what is okay to kind of think what this team could be this year after just two games, one of which against the Jets, who are horrible, and one against the Dolphins, who are a lot better than their record, I think. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here, right? Uh, the yes. Dolphins had 20 passing first downs today. That is a lot. Um, yeah, sure is. There's only been six other games since 2000 in which the Bills have allowed more. Um, four, five of those were against New England. Uh, so, uh, and Tom Brady. One was against Tampa in 2017, and one was against Dallas last year. Um that's a lot and not something that you see often from this defense. Certainly Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano were missed. Um, I think the problems run deeper in some ways. Um, those guys help. Don't get me wrong. They're good players. You mentioned Levi Wallace, um, you know, probably um, a longer conversation uh, on the preview show next week. Um the defensive line, I think you're still waiting to see um, just how good they can be. Um, and this is kind of why what we said um, a few times this offseason, where like, you know, you had to raise the bar because you don't get to have this many guys making this much money forever. Um, you don't mm-hmm. get to have this good of a team or this good of an opportunity all the time. Um Sometimes the window that you think is going to be five years is three years. Sometimes the window you think is going to be three years is one or two years. Uh, not saying that's the case here. You just don't know. Um, look at, you know, Jacksonville. Look at um, the Rams. You know, that window sort of closed and is now opening up again. You know, like there's ebbs and flows to, to teams. Um, injuries happen. Guys, you know, age quicker than you expect. There's a lot that can happen. So like the opportunity that is in front of them is massive. And that's where it goes back to what I talked about, where the conversation is changing. I think you're right. If they win the division and lose in the first round, that's a disappointment. Like nobody's going to be absolutely. Now I'll also say this, like, uh, is that a departure from what, that's not really a departure. What I, from what I thought a couple weeks ago, um, but I think it more now after they started 2-0 and Allen has played the way that he has. Allen specifically, beating the Jets and Dolphins doesn't, you know, knock my socks off. Like, um, you know, could they have been more definitive victories? Sure. But, you know, just in general, like you're supposed to go 2-0 against the Jets and Dolphins. They're not good football teams. And the Dolphins had a lot of new pieces 
and you know still figuring it out but they're they're not very good the jets might be the worst team in the league so that's your checking boxes there um how they've looked though and how josh allen has looked makes you think like yeah if you win the division that's great that's a huge step that's a massive step to take as an organization it's not to say it's not a step forward but it can still be a disappointment if you do all that and can't get it done when it matters um and that's where it's like you know you got to kind of buckle in for what is going to be a ride that bills fans of a certain age have literally never been on um the older you know bills fans can tell people about it right about what it was like when this team was good but it is a it's a a roller coaster week to week um and and you have to be willing to that's kind of why i said what i said about just enjoy this and don't um don't spend monday and tuesday and wednesday battling with some guy who points out josh allen's almost interception as a way to try to like tear him down like there's going to be mm-hmm. bigger there's going to be bigger fish to fry this is about you know being a fan of a team that's good um is you know it's different <laughs> like you're going to be talked about there's going to be a lot of conversations about your bills that i know you're not used to you know certain people talking about your bills them showing up on espn and um you know being talked about on sports center or nfl live or whatever it may be there's going to be all of that, it's all coming. And so don't uh, concern yourself with with the others, the the, the riffraff uh, on, on Twitter and stuff. It's going to be, yeah, there's, you have to raise the bar essentially, right? You have to, yeah. you have to think like, and that's kind of like what we talked about with Jay Cutler or Matt Stafford, right? Like those guys, like Matt Stafford, I think everybody would agree is like, you know, a franchise quarterback in every sense of the term, right? But he's never really gotten it done in the postseason. Or like Matt Ryan, right? Like certainly a franchise quarterback has had some amazing seasons and fell just short. He's having an amazing one right now. He actually. is. He's a great I think he's a great quarterback, but he gets torn down a lot, right? Like Matt mm-hmm. Stafford gets beat up sometimes uh publicly and and how he's talked about. So that's like kind of the weird that's like how i kind of think about these things sometimes and like you know comparing situations or just like conversations and trying to pay attention like think about how like kirk cousins is talked about in minnesota you know like all of a sudden like when the bar goes up and like the standard changes it's it's different and i get that for bills fans for a long time like just getting a guy was enough because it took so long to just get a guy now they have one um it's just a matter of how good he is. Um, mm-hmm. He's good. How good mm-hmm. is he? Um, that's the next question. And how, again, this team is really good. How good, you know, and how good when it matters. Being really good in September, like now we're talking about weird things that we've never talked about with the Bills. Like you got to peak at the right time. You got to make sure you're rolling it, you know, like <laughs> playing your best I've ball never even right thought time. about like, that from a Bills perspective. Usually you're just like, just <laughs> freaking get in there like just get in the postseason for crying out loud like just figure it out now it's like all right, right. you know you're building towards something uh it's not about being two and zero in september it's about you know you want to win two three four games in january and february um that's frankly now 
the bar. Like, why not? Right? Like in this mm-hmm. in this year of all years, where clearly I think, you know, I don't think the the pandemic and everything, all the fallout from it necessarily has impacted the quality of play dramatically, but it's impacted some teams more than others. Uh, and the Bills were in a situation where they should have been able to hit the ground running, and they did. And now it's like take advantage, get off to that fast start, you know, and and be that team this year. Be that team that people aren't really wondering about, that, that people are just talking about as that upstart really good team. Um, and then, yeah, get it done when when it matters. And that's where that's why I say, like, the next few months of, okay, like, how what does it look like against the Rams? What does it look like against the Chiefs? That was part of what was frustrating about last year from evaluating this team was you didn't have that many matchups where you were like, okay, this is a good team that the Bills are up against. How do they stack up against a good team that does it this way or this way? Like the Rams are a good team that I feel like at first glance, the Bills should be able to match up pretty good with, you know, there's teams that are good because they do some things well, like certain things well. And the bills are going to get like every flavor of good team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they get a lot of them at home, but you know, they're going to get a lot of different flavors of competitive, good teams. You're going to get the Raiders who have, have had their moments, right? Um, the, the Cardinals who win it by, you know, a track meet, the Rams who are, have a, a really good offensive mind scheming up their, their offense and a ton of talent on defense that can make big plays. The chiefs who are the chiefs, the Seahawks, um, all different types of quarterbacks, all different types of offenses, different defenses. So that by the time we're having a conversation in December or January about how this team is built for the postseason, we're going to have a lot of information uh, mm-hmm. to base that conversation on as opposed to last year where it was like, well, they did this against the Cowboys. They had that game against the Steelers. You know, they played the Patriots twice. You didn't really have the best picture of who they were or what they, how they would match up against even a team like the Texans because it was like, they haven't really seen a team like the Texans. Like after this year, there, there's not going to be a lot of questions uh, that go unanswered. And I think... Now that that Josh Allen has shown what he's shown and the team has shown what it's shown through two weeks, albeit against lousy teams, now it's like, okay, these are these questions and answers are going to be kind of interesting. Like we're going to see some different things out of this team and they're going to be tested and stressed in different ways than they were last year. And it seems like they're ready for it. It won't be perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't think this team's going 16-0 and 0 or anything. That would be crazy. Um, but – you know, it'll be, it'll certainly be an interesting ride. It'll be the most in, most interesting Bill season I've covered. That's for oh, sure. Oh, without 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 question. Um, you also have to take a look around the AFC uh, at what these teams are right now. I mean, the Ravens are great. Ob- that's obvious. The Chiefs are great. They needed every single second and overtime to come out with a with a victory against a team that, you know, a lot of people just expected them to kind of roll over. Um, 
the Steelers really look the part this year. Excellent defense. Ben's back looks good. They have two really good receivers in Smith Schuster and, and Deontay Johnson. So it looks like they're legit. The Titans and playing their brand of football, they're they're gonna be a bit of a, a team to look for. Maybe the Patriots. I mean, Cam looks awesome, by the way, with New England. He he's just it looks like he's completely healthy. They've formulated that entire offense around him. But outside of those teams that I mentioned, there's a, a pretty substantial drop-off. I mean, they played both the Dolphins and the Jets. I mean, the Browns and Bengals, meh, no. Pass there. Colts, probably not with Phillip Rivers at the helm. Jags, no. Texans, maybe. Um, Raiders, definitely not. Uh, Broncos, Drew Locke is hurt for two to six weeks, so that pretty much rules them out. Chargers, no. I mean, it's it's all there to where and, – and could you really say, like if they were going up against the Titans, the Steelers, the Patriots, three of those teams that were are in that upper echelon that I just mentioned, are you thinking to yourself, nah, they don't have a shot. They could beat every one of those teams. The question is, can they also contend and potentially beat the Chiefs or Ravens? They gave the Ravens a really good shot last year. There's no doubt. And they have as good of a defense to contend with Lamar Jackson as any in the NFL when they are healthy and at their best. But this is this is a, a, a bigger conversation. And I'm sure once we see them take on the Rams and go up against a high-quality, talented roster – on both sides of the ball. I mean, Jared Goff today, three touchdowns, looked great. Um, oh, by the way, you know how Mike Jasicki lit up the Bills um, today? Tyler Higby had three touchdowns for the Rams today as well. And so he's going to be a problem if, if Edmonds and Milano can't play. But it's a great litmus test game. It's a great statement game if, if they want to take it there. They're at home. They're up against a great coached team and a great coach team with a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. If, if you want to prove to some people that you're for real, this is a game. This is, this is a, a prime opportunity to do so. And there is, I mean, I have to go, I'm really looking forward to going and, and watching how the Rams um, uh, played against the Eagles and, and what they did in the first week against the Cowboys. But this is a this is a team that the Bills should absolutely contend with and potentially beat, and especially at home. If they want to be something, these are the types of games that that you win, and you don't win all of them because good teams are good teams for a reason. But you should be in the conversation every single time, and this Bills team has enough talent to be in that conversation to take down a team like the Rams. Um, and now it's just a matter of whether or not they'll be in the upper upper echelon of of teams to potentially try and beat yeah they're gonna start getting some games with like tony romo calling them and whatnot like big time games on uh, mm -hmm. the major slots and they've already got the primetime games but now they're gonna be that team that that gets a window now and again where it's like oh you know like josh allen versus jared goff that's now a thing like okay like, you know, mm -hmm. the Bills and the Rams, two good teams. I mean, they're going to have some really entertaining games this year if they keep playing this way, and they're going to win some of them. 
uh, probably a lot of them. Um, and that's due in large part to their quarterback. Um, lo and behold, the they've got themselves a guy who can who can chuck the Duke. They've got something cooking. It's it's uh it's very much looking promising for them. All right, let's hand out some awards. But be, but before we do that, everyone, you need to jump in on the limited time offer that's going on at the Athletic right now. Every sports story that matters, join for just one dollar a month. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season, and quite frankly, this unprecedented bill season. Subscribe now and save just to get all access to the Athletics exclusive in-depth coverage. Um, you can just make sure to go to theathletic.com slash the Buffalo Beat. We've got a little bit of everything. Um, if you sign up now, you can see all the creativity, the reporting, the storytelling that, that sets the Athletic apart. And by going to theathletic.com slash the Buffalo Beat right now, you can get that limited time offer for $1 per month. You can read all of uh, my observations, all my all 22 stuff throughout the year, uh, all Matthew Fairburn's features, he and, and Tim Graham at the at the sports book today, uh, as opposed to being down in Miami and uh, and and what they what they learned while, while uh, going through that experience. Um, specific were columns. Made. Mistakes were made, indeed. Uh, uh, Matthew put up a, a great feature on what made Ryan Fitzpatrick one of the most beloved um, people of Bill's war uh, because of what uh, of what he meant to the community and what he meant to the team and the type of person he was. Uh, so that's up there. Basically, any angle you could you could want to read about with this team, find it right now. Just go to theathletic.com slash the Buffalo Beat. Receive your all-access subscription for just $1 a month. And it's more than just Bills coverage. Sabres coverage, NBA coverage, any NFL team, hockey, golf, I mean, Premier League. We've, we've, we've got everything. So $1 a month, theathletic.com slash the Buffalo Beat. We hope to see you there soon. Okay, let's hand out some awards. Um, and did any uh, award submissions catch your eye um, out there? I Oh, there was I, a really good one. Oh, what was it? I should have favorited it. Somebody tweeted it to us. Mm. Oh, it was so good. Whoever you are, <laughs> tweet it again because I'm never going to be able to find it. Oh, it was really good, though. Okay. I'm pissed at right. myself now. Okay, well let's 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 go on with the. Um, I might remember it as we get as we get yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, that that that's what I'm banking on here. Okay, let's go with the. Uh, I, I feel I feel bad doing negative awards because it was it was a good day, but there were some bad parts that we really didn't get to, so might as well do it. All right, let's go with the, um, Dree Archer Award for the player that didn't show up. I think it's pretty obvious, but I'll, I'll let you uh, take take well, the honors. Well, if it's so on obvious, one. you take the honors. Ah uh, well. I mean, I'm pretty sure we would do the same. We would do the same guy. Okay, Levi Wallace. Yeah, that is, was going to be my the, pick. Is the answer here? Um, it's Not been a rough a go day. for Levi. No, and his his first game, even though he wasn't picked on, it was not great for him. He was he was getting beat on his on uh, by his assignments quite a bit, and you know, I I have been a uh, I have really th thought that. 
he's got he got an unfair rap last year. I thought um, his performance last season was not nearly as bad as some would make it out to be. But I don't know what happened uh, because the last two games he has not been good, and it got so bad that the Bills it. I would, unless something happened with like equipment or he had like a brief little injury or something like that, um, it looked like Saran Neal um, got put in the lineup ahead of Levi Wallace. And then once Saran Neal, I think there was one play where he was like following a guy in motion and there was a lot of like communication going on before the snap. Uh, Saran Neal was taken out like a play or two after that. Um, and then Levi Wallace was back in the game. So Wallace was thrown at all day long, seeding uh, seeding completions left and right. Not a great day for Levi, and it it makes you wonder. Okay, what do you do at cornerback, especially when you don't have Milano and Edmonds? If you don't have them for another week, how do you get by? Because that is going to be a spot that people are just going to continue to pick on. And I'm sure we'll get into that um, on the the next episode of of the Buffalo Beat when we when we preview the show. All right, how about uh, Vontae Davis for the player that didn't show up in the second half of the game? I've got a great one for this, but first I've got to tell you that I've got the award. I found it. You do? Um, what is it? Humbly submitted by Dan Murphy. He made sure to specify that he was humbly submitting this award at Dan Murphy five one eight. Very humble guy. Submits Gotta Watch the Tape Award. Oh, I remember it. Given to the players whose performance could only be saved by coach speak. I like that one. I think that's good. <laughs> um, for those that don't remember, Gotta Watch the Tape was a Come On Darlene bracket winner, I believe. Yeah, right? it um, was. And that was the Ravens game. Um, when <laughs> when Nathan Peterman. Well, yeah, it was McDermott's comments. One of the worst games ever. And McDermott said he had to watch the tape. Um, and so that became kind of a thing. And yeah, I believe that that was a, a bracket winner. So I think that is um, probably. I think that's. I think that's great. Um, sure. I think that's locked in now. This one, <laughs> this uh, Vontae Davis award today. Um, I'm going with Zach Moss. Ooh, the, okay. So, so Zach Moss, um, you mentioned that Tim and I went to the sports book today um, just to do something different, right? Like we can't travel for games. It was like late in the week, and Tim was like, what if we covered the game from the sports book? And I was like, oh, I don't see why not. And the one, you know, I'm looking at the props. I'm like, all right, I got to sprinkle some stuff on props for the story, right? And I'm like, the one I was all over was like, Zach Moss is going over 37 and a half rushing yards. Like, absolutely. Um, easy, easy money, easy money. No such thing as easy <laughs> money. Um, we both had the, the over 37 and a half rushing yards. He got to 35 in the first half. Um, 340 left in the second quarter, he gets to 35. His next carry didn't come until 120 left in the third quarter. Goes for two yards to get him to 37. He had a catch wow. that went for seven. It got called back because Mitch Morse blocked in the back. And that was it. <laughs> he wow. lined up in the 
shotgun next to Josh Allen on that last drive of the game when they were running some clock. And Josh Allen did one of those touch passes to Isaiah McKenzie for a yard. <laughs> I was like, this is it. They're going to give it to him. They did not give it it's to a, him. That's a bad beat. That is a pretty bad beat. Um, yeah. That was a tough one. And so Zach Moss gets uh, – Tim and I went a collective, like, it's hard to lose as many bets as we lost. It was uh, – Wow. I went one for f- six. So yeah. Yikes. And that backdoor cover by Fitzpatrick got me. Uh, yeah, Singletary over two and a half catches. He had two. <laughs> Dawson Knox over two and a half catches. He had one and a drop, and then he left the game. Yep. The only one that hit was Dawson Knox over 21 and a half yards, and this was just the kind of day it was. He hit the over, and they were on a power outage, so I didn't even see it. So you didn't even, the one bet I won, I didn't even get to enjoy. So uh, <laughs> It was that kind of day. <laughs> but all right. Well, I, Vervante, I, I'm I'm sorry for you. Uh, all right, let's go with the gotta watch the tape award for the player that can player or person that could only be bailed out by coach speak. Uh, I think I will go with uh, AJ Klein on this one. Um, the, the, if you didn't notice, the coverage in the middle of the field was not great. And, I mean, I know everyone remembers that Tyrell Dodson almost interception near the beginning of the game. But, I mean, at at one point of the game, Fitzpatrick was just going over the middle every single time. And the the depth of coverage, the linebackers were really struggling today. And that's, that's an area that... Um, AJ Klein, frankly, should be a little bit better at. So I'm gonna go with uh, with AJ Klein for the gotta watch the tape award. I think he's a he's a McDermott guy. He probably subscribes to the gotta watch the tape theory. So I feel like this is a perfect fit. I think so, and that's the exact kind of guy that McDermott would not say Absolutely. a bad word about, even if he played the worst game of his life. Like a Nathan Ooh. Peterman type of game, he would be like, mm-hmm. ah, "I gotta watch the tape." I'm not. Ripping, I forgot it. I game. forgot another one. I forgot another one. A uh, uh, sub gotta watch the tape award winner, Quentin Spain, who almost got Allen killed on the Diggs 22 yard touchdown pass because he just got uh, he got beat by a Godshaw uh, pretty quickly, and Allen had to. throw that pass under immense pressure took a hit and uh somehow completed it which was another big moment of the game but quentin spain's another one of those oh you know it's 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 tough to see from from my perspective so i i I gotta watch the tape on the on the guard play so yeah quentin spain as well um okay you you get you get the blaine gabbert award for perseverance my friend and and i feel like this is this is a great great way to end the show with you getting the Blaine Gabbard award. It really is. And this one was easy as well. I think, uh, this one goes to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, <laughs> 31 for 47, 328, two touchdowns, no fits pick, right? Everybody was like, we were sitting there and I was saying to Tim, I was like, man, it'd be great if there was a prop on Fitzpatrick to throw a pick on this drive. He went down and threw mm-hmm. a touchdown. Um, he did not. I mean, if the the award is for perseverance, he he did not give up. He just kept going, and 
I thought it was a really good game from Ryan Fitzpatrick. I was quite frankly mm-hmm. um, shocked at how well he played. I mean, not I shouldn't say shocked because it wasn't like he was slinging it all over the field. He sort of dinked and dunked his way to the day, but I was shocked that the second half he didn't, you know, do something stupid. Um, he was pretty steady <laughs> the whole game. Um, he didn't have his his turnovers or anything, and good for him um, mm-hmm. that he's still hanging in there and his helmet flew off again today. Um, so really it was just a classic Ryan Fitzpatrick game minus an interception. A no finer award winner of the Blaine Gabbert award for perseverance than one Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right, Matthew Fairburn. Uh, I believe we have taken enough time of our, of our listeners today. Uh, any fond words of farewell for those out there before we uh, next speak with them on Thursday or Friday, I should say. Don't take the um, the Zach Moss over. That's my uh, <laughs> that's my advice. Vegas knows the numbers, man. Like thirty seven and a half, and he goes for thirty. That, that is ridiculous. I, that he I, that he hit thirty seven on the nose. I want. I don't remember the exact over under for Devin Singletary's rushing yards, but it was something in the fifties, and he hit fifty six. Like weird. Yeah, the line on the Patriots game was that was another one uh, to finish my night of bad beats. Cam Newton gets stuffed at the goal line. If he had got, I had the parlay of money line Patriots and Seahawks or money line Patriots in the over. The over hit, and if Cam Newton gets in, it's a nice little makes up for uh, some of my Zach Moss. That was the other one with Zach Moss. I had him mm. for the first touchdown of the game. And it looked like he was going to get it, right? Cole Beasley <laughs> gets stopped at the one. He was he was on the field for every single play of that 11-play drive. He was on the field. They faked it to him <laughs> and then threw it to Reggie Gilliam. I was like, that one would have paid big, too, because like, they give you crazy odds on like first touchdown of the game. So you, you throw five or ten on it, and like you know you win 100 bucks or whatever. So, yeah, it was uh, close, but... But no, uh, no gambling cigar. Avoid the sports book, kids. Uh, Vegas knows better than you always. Yep, that's for sure. All right. Uh, so yes, yeah, sage advice from from Matthew Fairburn. Okay, that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to this extended version of the uh, the the post game edition of the Buffalo Beat. Uh, we will next speak with you uh, for the Bills Rams preview pod at the end of the week. And by that point, we'll uh, know what's going on with Tremaine Edmonds or maybe know a little bit more. And Matt Milano as well. A lot of things to discuss as we get uh, closer to that game next week, which is setting up to be a doozy between a couple of 2-0 teams. So for Matthew Fairburn, my name is Joe Biscalia. Thank you for, thank you for listening to us here on the Buffalo Beat. We'll talk to you later in the week. See you then.